Hello, hello, Odafest podcast listeners. I'm Angelo, and I'm here with Nancy and Jay. Hello! For one of the last three episodes before Odafest 2023. Dear goodness. One, two, three. It's happening! Is that right? Oh my god. I think it is. One, two, three. It is. Oh it is. Oh my god. I can math. It's true. This is news. This is the he biggest math. news for you. I can count. He's got the biggest One. brain. I've Old mentioned this podcast. before. Ah, ah, I've mentioned ah. this before, but I have trouble counting weeks towards a, a thing. But for some reason, when Angelo says there are three more episodes until Odafest, then true. the math part of my brain actually kicks in. Yeah. Nice. Because weeks are like an amorphous thing. Does it start on the Saturday? Does it start on the Sunday? Or when does it end? Is Monday the true beginning? Who knows? But an episode, that's every Wednesday. Oh my gosh. And just like that, with every new episode comes new news and announcements. We are so pleased to have voice actors Erica Lindbeck. Erica Mendez, Lucian Dodge, and Brandon Hunter. Join us for OdaFest 2023. Purchase a print, get it signed, and chat up your favorite VA at Autograph Corner in the Exhibitor Hall all weekend. They'll have panels each day, too. And exciting news! Industry guest Ginny McManus is returning to OdaFest with 17 years of experience as a high-level volunteer staffer, she's a global voice in the convention circuit. Ginny has a degree in PR and has handled special events, social media, and website design for over 21 years. Let's welcome her back. Hooray! Yeah. And if you find yourself needing a quiet space to relax and read your favorite manga series, the Manga Library Ideation Center hosts a huge selection of manga titles to choose from. It's the perfect place to kick back and escape into the world of your favorite series. So come get lost in a good book and a calm space. And finally, the Odafest Arcade hosts different gaming events and spaces throughout the festival. In the main gaming hall, McLeod A, you will find many games ready to play, and there are tons of tournaments to enter. We have the open arcade featuring casual gaming, the community lounge where you can chat with local streaming community members, and our mobile corner where you can play the latest mobile and digital card games. Play, compete, and win prizes at Odafest Arcade. And of course, you can find your tickets at odafest.com. Oh, it's so soon. It's happening so soon. Soon. My body is not ready yet, even though I just went to Comic Expo yesterday. Yes, I met a lot of cosplayers. Thank you for all the folks that made it out to Calgary Expo and came to our booth and said hello. Uh, While we met a lot of new people, we also met a lot of returning uh, attendees who have made Odafest part of their con schedule for the year and we super appreciate them uh so many of you expressed the con crunch is real for you too (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah 
And uh, while I saw some really sweet cosplays, you were like, I still have my Odafez cosplay I have to make. And that's only in three weeks. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> pro three tip, I'm not ready. Weeks. Here's a pro yeah. tip for all you cosplayers out there. You are allowed to wear the same cosplay twice. Also true. Yeah. But they, the best part was they were like, I'm not ready. And I'm like, we're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it's that. Okay. I mean, that's we're why not. we have three we're more three weeks. weeks away. <laughs> If we held Odafest tomorrow, it would be an incomplete Odafest. I don't want to say both... it would be a disaster, but I feel like uh, no one would be there since we we told them it would be three weeks from now instead of tomorrow. Also true. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you guys missed Odafest. I don't know what happened. Yeah, it, they, it, it just people happened are just going to show up three weeks early. I don't know. Do you remember the first time Odafest changed? its venue and people just out of habit went back to the university and showed up and yeah. went where are all the banners that's what it's going to be like if we had it tomorrow because nobody I, would show up I and then we'd be like sorry you missed it I genuinely wonder because this was also like I wonder how many people we scared like just like Odafest isn't happening like like they didn't get any update they did like not just like didn't pay attention to social media or like word of mouth or advertising about like the change of menu but i wonder genuinely how many people they were like oh it's just not gonna happen <laughs> like that kind of thing i'd be like no we are happening i just can't remember downtown. were the Odafest forums still active back then no no because oh, i feel gosh. like i remember somewhere someone posting that they'd gone to the university and uh and they were confused like it it absolutely did happen. But probably Facebook. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We are We are 3 weeks too early to be worrying about Odafest tomorrow. Exactly. Fair point. That's why I like to take it slow. I like to just vibe. And that's why I'm something of a of an, an avid bicycle commuter. Ah. <laughs> oh. I've really enjoyed uh, biking and pedaling a lot lately to the point where last Friday I was biking home from work and my bike was making this odd sound. And I look down and I move the pedal one way and, and the chain ring, the, the, the front gear was moving a different direction. And I'm just thinking, hmm, that's not supposed to happen. And that's when the car hit you. <laughs> just about <laughs> but oh, that's no. when you got isekai'd I don't want to get isekai'd yet it has to wait three weeks until I'm at Odafest and uh, so I took my bike home I looked at it I tightened some bolts and one bolt was missing oh and I was just looking at that and I'm thinking hmm probably fine and that's the okay. kind that's the kind of of attitude you have to have when you take it slow. That's the kind of idea that you need. That's, that's the kind of mood you need to live your life in. And I extend this I've I've been trying to extend this into all parts of my life. And so when a friend when a friend invited me for a pedal pub expedition, I was all for it. I was 100% down like a clown 
to 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 climb onto this three thousand pound human pedaled cart and drink beer all afternoon. Hmm. And I am here to report this experience did not disappoint. It was simultaneously the highest effort pedaling I have done in years. <laughs> On the slowest possible vehicle that I have pedaled in years with the most amount of beer that I've ever had on a moving vehicle. So I think I know. Which is to say it's the only time you should ever have beer (laughs) while in a moving vehicle, right? Well, party buses are also something else. (laughs) But yes. So uh, I I think I know which pedal pub you're talking about because I'm pretty sure... I've gotten stuck behind this one before while they were in the middle of going on an uphill slope and then they had to stop because someone lost a sandal. <laughs> I and heard then about like that. 15 cars backed up behind them because they, they didn't feel comfortable going around them in that underpass. So in Inglewood on a ninth Ave, there is the pedal pub Calgary station and it is so cool. They are these big vehicles. They're almost the size of a bus. They have six seats per side, so you can pile on 12 of your friends on this thing. And you, all of you together, pedal this 3,000-pound bus-sized cart around Inglewood. It is an absolute blast. Can I... Can I... I don't, I'm going to burst your bubble for a moment. It doesn't matter how hard you pedal. I wanted to get there. <laughs> I wanted to get there because I know. <laughs> I know. I, not only I, being an I'm avid cyclist, put it out there. I'm also a connoisseur of e-bikes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And especially homebrewed e-bikes. And I looked as under their unit and I saw exactly discussed. how it works. <laughs> yes, they have. I'm gonna like, like I have, like. Let's just put it this way, very simply. Would you really trust a group of eight to ten drunk people to pedal your way anywhere? I sure as hell would not. <laughs> so here's the thing: we actually did pedal the majority of the time. Uh, the vast majority of the time, it was all human-powered pedaling, and you could tell when they engaged the electric motor. Because suddenly all your pedaling would be instead of like putting all of your body weight into these pedals, into the cranks, your feet were just spinning suddenly. Uh, They would basically only do this through intersections or a particularly large hill. Uh, Kind of like what Nancy was talking about. But even (laughs) with the electric motor engaged, it is not a fast vehicle. Mm -mm. It is still a very slow vehicle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was but honestly so cool. Like the reason why the pedaling thing is is like not necessarily mandatory is because some people will not pedal, and sometimes you just need to get out of the way of traffic or get through the intersection without stopping or unexpectedly. So it makes sense. Like it's a as a it's as much as of a safety measure as it is for convenience at times. Mm-hmm. But as long as you had fun, because it, it it looks fun. It is probably not fun for, again, uh, people who are stuck in the traffic behind them. We had people uh, partying in their cars behind us. 
Wow. Some people, it I was mean, an event. A lot of music. We had and people always... honking at us, like for, like cheering. They were coming from the opposite direction. They would honk at us. Yeah. Uh, we had people then, on the sidewalks, like cheering. It was like, hell yeah, let's go. Yeah. It was it's, it's a, fe- it's a, a frequent party generator. A frequent generator of woos. Yes. Woo! In the neighborhood. It was All great. We were blasting woo. Spice Girls music. We had some uh-huh. NSYNC going on. It uh-huh. was a real experience, and I loved it. Uh, the one thing, though, like I said, it was the most intense pedaling that I have done in years. Jay, wow. you say, oh, the pedaling doesn't matter. It does. It they, doesn't matter. They do make you push this vehicle the majority of the time. I'll be, uh, here's the thing. They make you do it. You say they make you do it. If everyone refused, they would still have to engage the motor and make you go through <laughs> And they would still drive you around. <laughs> they would not. That's that's the actual truth. They no, would because not because otherwise they can't just stay, they wouldn't be able to stay in the middle of the road. They, they would can't pull force over. you to pedal. I have Angelo. I live in the middle of downtown. I have seen plenty of times where people aren't pedaling and the vehicle moves. <laughs> <laughs> now, what surprised me the intense pedaling effort we were putting in. Mm-hmm. This was not a fast vehicle. I have I have pushed my single bicycle into the 40 kilometer an hour range, pedaling my heart out. Wow. And uh, for the amount of pedaling we were doing, we were going between four to five kilometers an hour. Apparently, Whoa. the top speed of that thing is like seven. Whoa. It is Angela, a I'm slow gonna, beast. I'm going to give you the COVID stay-at-home version. Buy a... Uh, uh, pedal bike, uh, a stationary bike at home, strap on the VR goggles, set yourself to Google Maps, <laughs> and have some beers. <laughs> now, here's the other thing I drank uh, as much as I would normally have on a normal drinking night, right? I don't feel like I drank more than I usually would, but it's a two hour tour. So I drank, I drank as much as I normally would in like a six or seven hour night of uh, enjoying over the course of two hours. I see. It was a lot. Mm, Uh, My question would be actually for the experience, is it, do you pay a base price and then you pay for additional alcohol or do you just pay a base price and it is almost like all you can drink alcohol or like, so, how do they? What is their actual business model? The person who uh, organized the event did all of the payment, but it is a base price for the tour plus a certain amount for a certain number of drinks. I think we took the twenty-eight drink package, and we did not get through all of them. Between we had eight people on the bike, we did not get through all the drinks. Despite my trying as hard as I possibly could. At one point, after we visited the last bar, uh, a barcade in Inglewood, it was really great. It was really great. I shotgunned two beers before we even started pedaling again. Jesus, Angelo. It was amazing. How's your liver doing? I'm telling you, this is exactly why the pedaling isn't actually a requirement. (laughs) I do not trust... (laughs) 10 drunk people to get me through an intersection. Oh, yeah. Fair. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Fair. Like, 
on one hand, part of me was like, oh, the more I drink, the easier it is to pedal. But I was also <laughs> sitting directly above the electric motor and I, I could hear it. When it oh. would turn on, I could hear the whir. So mm, I do know sense. exactly when we were being assisted and when we weren't. I am oh, I, very. I don't, doubt, I don't doubt that they like, like I'm saying what I mean to say is like the pedaling works, but the electric motor exists for a reason. And that reason is it's incredibly unreliable to ask people to pedal while uh, uh, intoxicated. On top especially of that. They get increasingly. They do need to move these bikes without having eight people on hand to pedal them every now and true. then. Also true. They have to get also there somehow. Also true. Yeah, but still, it was but so I'm glad much to fun. Hear you had a fun time. It was so I would much never fun. Do, I would never do one, but I see them enough, and they all like people. I've never seen someone have a bad time unless they. Is there a harness? Can you fall out of the seat? You totally yeah, can. Can you? Oh no! Oh yeah! Oh, that sounds so, bad. As far as the seats go, they were uh, they were very well padded bike seats. So oh, I'm sure. if you think you would fall off of a bike seat, you would absolutely fall off of this too. Uh. <sighs> So there were certain times where, where you would be going around a corner where I would be holding on to like the bar just to make sure that uh, that I wouldn't fall off. And there were also times where we did have to like start pedaling from a dead stop where I'd be holding Ooh. onto the bar, lifting myself off the bike seat and putting my to full body pedal. weight into the pedal. Yeah. Hey, so I have a question. Is this the kind of pedaling where if you stop pedaling, your pedals keep rotating or no? No. Uh, so they, they weren't fixed to gear. Yeah, okay. it's not a fix. Yeah. Good. That would just cause even more problems. Oh, yeah. No. That, that would probably break ankles. Especially <laughs> when the electric motor engages. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. But it was a great time. It was so good. And we stopped at a barcade. I played Time Crisis 3 for the first time since high school. Oh my god, I missed that game. It was so fun. It was so good. It was, like I said, it's been like 20 years since I've played Time Crisis 3. And I was reliving my my teenage years, if you will. I Your felt like dreams. I was I was back in freaking LaSalle, Ontario, stepping on the pedal, pointing the light gun and and bopping uh these these secret agent dudes in the face. Except this time I had a beer in one hand, uh a pretzel in the other, and I was trying not to use the greasy pretzel hand for the light gun between reloading. Oh my god. I remember fantastic. that exact struggle. It was wonderful. It's everything I could have wanted it to be. I remember it. Ah, I'm glad you had a good time. I heard Beer Fest was on this weekend, too. Beer Fest Wasn't is Beer next Fest weekend. On? Oh, it was next weekend. My mistake. Because Beer Fest is happening at the exact same place that CCEE just took place in. That would make so much sense if I had stopped to think about it. Yeah, most of those uh, food expos are pretty much hosted at BMO Center. So, mm. but I was gonna say, I'd be like, I didn't, I don't recall seeing Beer Fest. <laughs> Tell me, I am, I haven't gone to to CCEE in years. It's I, I feel like it's outgrown what I can be comfortable with. So, tell me, how was it this year? Jay, do you want to go first? Sure. 
Uh, it was good. I mean, like I said, I was mostly at the table and uh, seeing new fans, young and old, come see us. Uh, I bought my first thing at a convention in a long time. Oh. Mm. What was it? A $10 box of Scrabble. A box a of Scrabble. Like the, like the Scrabble board game. game. What? Board game Scrabble. All right. Wow. It was $10. Seems like a it is, reasonable it deal. Used. It is used, but it's like... So there's three versions of Scrabble. Okay. Are you sure about that? No, not ver- versions isn't the right word. Editions of Scrabble. There's a basic Scrabble, which is like you have the board and you unfold it. And you have the little, you know, all the bits and pieces, which is words and letters, rather. And a little wooden carrier. And then there's a middle version, which is like a, still like a deluxe version where the play, like you don't have to uh, put out the play mat and like uh, it's actually a almost like a little platform that can rotate so that everyone can like on their turn, they can see it's like a little on a little turntable kind of thing and they can see the the, the words from their orientation at the table and it also has little raised grooves for each square, so that the uh, that the pieces or the pieces stay in place. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is like made of actual wood, and heavy and very deluxe. I got the middle one. Ah, nice. so the the one that has the rotating thing for ten dollars. Nice. I was That's like, not Sweet. bad. All right. I was going to say, are you sure there's only three versions of Scrabble? I feel like there's a version for every different language. Yeah. Could you imagine playing? I don't. It definitely would not have in every language. Not every language. Any language that was spellable. If you compare a game of Scrabble to an English game of Scrabble, they would use the exact same letters. But Z is so much more common in French words that you would not be able to give it like the same 10 or 12 points that it's worth in English. It would be broken. And not only that, you would need more Zeds for a French version of the game. No, yeah, that's totally true. Do the do the accent letters like do they also have tiles for those? Anything anything that has like a apostrophe. Because in English apostrophes are only for contractions. But you have words like je time or like je m'appelle. And that's not really short for anything, as far as I'm aware. Yes, it is. It's its own word. Wow. Oh, what is je for? Uh, je I. is me. Yeah. M'appelle. Yeah. But then, uh, yeah. I couldn't give you the exact thing, but it is like my I name call myself. is. Or yes, yeah, I, call myself. I call myself. Yeah. So right. je I, and then appel is the actual verb. M'appelle means I call myself. And in the, the case of like je t'aime, subject. it is uh, I love je, you. me, to you, m, love. Yeah. But you do so, have a valid point there where there are non-contractions in French that use like the, the apostrophe. Like that is that is a very valid thing in French. Uh, and could you imagine a language like Polish, for example? <laughs> Oh. You cannot do Polish Just with base C's, level Scrabble. C's and Z's. C's and Z's everywhere. I'm pretty sure you would need to include as many Z's for a Polish Scrabble version <laughs> as you do E's for English. Possibly. Fair. Very fair. 
and Wise. They would have to increase the amount of Wise. So you bought Scrabble at Expo. Were you playing it at the Odafest table? Were you challenging no. Odafest goers to a game of Scrabble? No, because I could just beat them. <laughs> There's no sense. Wow. That's oh, the disrespect. There's only been one. There's only been one person that I've ever met in my life that consistently. Jay up here saying that uh, that that Odafest goers can't read. I think yeah. that's just an open challenge then to any goer of Odafest to challenge. The only things that Odafest attendees can read are subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> Subs. You know what? That's no. fair. Subs over dubs. I, I'm not is even this, joking. This is this the camp this is deterring into? I'm not even yeah. joking. Oh, actually. I, I actually am a very weak reader. Very weak. Oh, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fairly strong reader. I'm a very strong reader Subtitled also. Subtitled anime in high school definitely helped my reading level That's go good, up. Though. That's Honestly, a good thing. Like, I hear that about, um, I think, like, with some of our friends who have younger children, they've mm -hmm. also stated the same where, like... Um, like subs have helped the literacy level of their children go up, which is great. Aww. On a slightly uh, similar but different topic, I went to go see Suzume, which is uh, Makoto Shinkai's newest film, and so in Yay. theaters right now. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know what any of that what, of what I just said, Makoto Shinkai is an anime filmmaker who makes standalone films. Such as your name, your name, five centimeters with uh, five centimeters per second. Oh, that and was weathering him too. With you. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Five centimeters uh, per second also, is then the only Makoto Shinkai film I've actually seen. You've never uh, seen Garden of Words? No. Have you seen Weathering with You? No. Ah. Uh, Voices of a Distant Star is also. Wait, his. that was him too. Okay, yeah. Voices of a Distant Star is also fantastic. <laughs> so okay. I've seen two of them. I would say the. I would say the sh the movie actually wasn't that good, but the manga was really good. Was it? I still like Shinkai both. films. So, yeah. when it comes to Voices of a Distant Star, most of my memories are from an ELO uh, anime music video set to it. Oh, <laughs> oh I see. But, yeah. Mako <laughs> Makoto Shinkai films are... Uh, I, I like his films from an artistic standpoint. I don't always love his storylines. Uh, they're probably the weaker part of his movies, unfortunately, in my opinion, they are visually um, I'm not gonna talk about Suz beautiful. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about Suzume because it's really it's really new, so I don't want to. But the reason why I was bringing it up is because um, I had I was invited to go, and my friend who I went with, they're like they they booked the the seats and everything like that. There was like a group of us, and she made sure that it was like Japanese audio. English subs and I was like yeah that makes sense mm -hmm. um, but there are options for dubs like mm -hmm. there are all and I had another friend who just went alone entirely and he told me that he could only find it in dubs mm. <laughs> and I was like that doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> first of all it could just be the, the showings or whichever the available timing. slots they had yeah but yeah it, it was a it visually it was a very good movie uh I probably wouldn't watch it again. I don't hate it. I just wouldn't watch it again. I I will watch it. I will. I just, yeah. I'm trying nice my visuals. best to avoid a whole lot of internet communities right now so that I don't accidentally spoil myself. Considering sure. that five centimeters per second is the newest Makoto Shinkai uh, work that I've seen, uh, what are the odds that I'm going to see this one? 
Do you want to go? Sure. I mean, okay. you could go. You're going to watch this one. I have no desire to see it again. Nancy, how was your expo experience? I have every desire to see it again, visually. Visually. <laughs> just go. Just yeah. walk in with earplugs then. No. <laughs> Set it as your desktop background. Oh, that that's an interesting thing to do. Also, yeah, I've done that before. I've done that with... Uh, uh, I did that with Redline once. Nice. I did it with Amazing... Or, sorry, uh, uh, Spider-Verse. Nice. Oh, nice. Because yeah. almost every frame of that movie... Is, is chef's kiss. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. yeah. The only ones that aren't is because there's no, literally nothing happening yeah. in that scene. And it just didn't make any sense. But yeah. So many of the scenes in that movie are just beautiful. Well, that's cool. So who are you gonna who are you gonna play Scrabble with? You know anyone who I have disdain for. Oh, all right. <laughs> Anybody so that you cool. recognize as a valid rival? No, mm. I, I literally have only really played Scrabble uh, against one person. Well, like I'm not saying I'm a fucking world champ. I'm I am definitely not putting it out there. I'm just saying that on the average basis. I beat most people at Scrabble. That's really what it Would comes Would you down. beat ChatGPT at Scrabble? Would you go against the AI? Yes, because I don't think ChatGPT has a good grasp of the English language when it's per isolated. Se. Like, there are a lot of words, especially loan words from other languages that I don't think it would know. And that's part of the meta. Hmm. I know more two-letter words than most people. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Anyways. Anyway. Nancy, how was your expo? Okay, so expo was, it was really, you know, it was a lot more overwhelming than I thought it would be. Um, expo is usually my ramp up to convention season. It's it's my, I'm, gre- I'm getting ready for Odafest type, type ramp up. And like. Right. You know, I, so I had panels on uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, the panels were great. The, the engagement was really high. It was really lovely to hear so many new and old voices that I, I knew already. It was really nice to speak to the same topic that I did last year, but have far more advanced questions than, than the type that I usually get for that same panel. So that was really nice. We also were interviewed by local media about being local voice actors. That was really cool. He asked, interestingly enough, since Jay mentioned it, he asked about AI and uh, a lot of other, you know, tougher questions that I think fall under harder conversation material when it comes to talking about voice acting. So I'm very excited to see how that comes out when he's done editing the interview together. Um, Mm. It was loads of fun. Uh, the, the thing that was overwhelming for me though, the thing that caused me to burn out at 2.30 PM on the Saturday was that Saturday was completely showed, it was sold out and it was so busy that I was almost unable to walk anywhere that I wanted to walk within the venue. That's like, fair. Yeah. It's, it was, it was quite crowded. That's which the is experience be, that I had like 10 years ago. And that's why I don't yeah. go anymore. It's, I, it's obviously like a two issue because like, you're not going to get all the things that they can get in, under one roof without it being busy. 
Yeah, and but at the, I get at the, that. On the other hand, like it's a diminished experience because, um, in a lot of ways, uh, it's like herding sheep or like herding cattle. It's literally like go from one end of the line to the next. Uh, you know, like it's it's uh, uh, you know, go from this hall to this hall to do this thing to do this thing. Like it's not lacking in things to do. It's lacking in. I would say appreciable time to do things. So Friday was actually the ideal day to walk through Vendor's Hall because you were able to stop to look at something without literally blocking the entire hallway. Uh, there were mm. there were times where it felt like you couldn't stop to look at something on Saturday, even if you saw something you wanted to, and if you were close to the edge where you should be able to stop. Uh, it just felt like you couldn't. Um, so on Friday, I came away with a brand new collection item Totoro to add to my to my lovely little collection. A lovely lady from Medicine Hat is was was at Expo this year, and she crochets yep. all sorts of things. And I I picked up one of the Totoros, and I fell in love, and I needed to have it, so I bought it just like on the spot. I didn't even try to haggle. I didn't even like, oh, maybe I'll come back later. Like, no, I just I just bought it like right nice. then there. I knew it was. I knew someone else was gonna get it if I didn't. It was just one of those things. Where, like she only made so many. She only had so many with her, and that was the one I wanted. So I I took it. Uh, so that was my my thing that I loved that I bought this year, and it it will be the thing that I keep with me for a very long time. I think I love that. That's wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. So Jay and I both came away with very nice things. Um, Scrabble, yeah. Scrabble, and a Totoro. Uh, I did absolutely burnout not my social battery my my battery of the ability to be around so many people in such a crowded place because i was actually feeling pretty pretty energized like i'm the i skew slightly towards introvert so if i'm hanging out with a small group of friends it's actually very energizing for me and the the engagements that i had the connections that i was making on friday and saturday of expo it was it was that so it was it was the filling of the battery. I was feeling really good. I was feeling pretty energized. For those days, and then I walked you were into Vendor's Hall. People. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then I walked into Vendor's Hall, and I was like, "Oh no!" And I like you just feel that bat dropping so fast, so so oh, fast. Oh yeah. I don't know if like this is not necessarily a criticism of Expo. No, I think it's just the the the, the look at like what it is that they specialize in in terms of content and i it probably did not help you that the vendors hall is so large oh yeah and to get from one end to the other is just a 15 minute exercise in like keeping it together <laughs> and you know like dodging and, and and slowing and and trying to get through spaces and just trying to you know like do your thing and, and i would say that's not even your you know, unique experience. That's the collective experience. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I also think that most people have a higher tolerance for it than I do just on average, probably. That's fair. Um, but it just doesn't help that again, the space is so large. So if you want to go from one into or if you want to go see another thing in that area, yeah, you have to weave through that sea first. Yeah. I did happily uh, happen to catch Jonathan Frakes and Todd Stashwick when they were on the stage 
having a bit of fun banter. So that was really nice. But that happened nice. like on Friday. That didn't happen on Saturday. That was like my my little Friday highlight as I was wandering because through. Of, because of where our booth was situated, yeah. which is in front of like the guests uh the stage stage area. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of nice kind of uh inadvertently heard uh like Andy Circus hmm. do his thing, mm-hmm. lots of Gollum voices for the people. Oh my gosh. Uh Miles Morales's voice actor. Ah, uh, so cool. Uh, yeah, uh, Danny Trejo popped by the booth. I saw. I saw. Oh, he popped by the Odafest booth. Yeah, I had a picture yeah, taken with the Pikachu. Picture with Pikachu's. Yeah, that was that at was the amazing. Odafest booth because I saw that picture. That was amazing. Yes. Yeah, that was wonderful. I love that. Yeah, picture. I wasn't there at the time, but I'm I'm very happy for anyone who uh, got in on that. Yeah, it is so weird. I love Danny Trejo. The only movie I've seen him in was Spy Kids. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be I have to be that person and say that that's exactly I like I auto filled uh, your sentence in my head as you were saying it as Spy Kids. And then I also realized that it's pretty much the same for me. Like, I know I've seen him in some other stuff for whatever reason. He's very memorable in Spy Kids, actually, because he's like the helpful uncle. He's Mm. fantastic. He's perfect. Mm -hmm. And I mean, itself, honestly, Spy Kids. We should watch it together okay. again sometime. Oh, I, have watch it. It I haven't watched I, it in I, a long time, so. There's something about it that, like, I'm sure it's very good for nostalgia. Okay. I don't know what it was about that period of time in movies, but for kids' movies, there yeah. was Spy Kids, there was Shark Boy and Lava Girl, and there was Secret Agent Cody Banks, all in, like, a three-year period that were so similar. Mm-hmm. That was the, the Hollywood trend for a bit. It was. I don't think. I don't think I need to rewatch Spy Kids two. I think I just need Spy Kids one, the first one. Are you sure? Because I think it's Spy Kids two that Danny Trejo's in. I'm not sure if he's in the first one. No, I think he's in the first one. Was he? Okay. Oh boy. I think he's in both. This could make the second one wasn't terrible, but the first one is like nostalgia central. This could make for a really interesting whiplash night if we watched like Spy Kids and then did our anime review on the same day. (laughs) Oh God. That's right. We still have to get that done. Yes, oh, we do. Gosh. Yes, we I do. I mean, lots of stuff. So much stuff. We already it's know fine, at least yeah. one banger. It's fine. No, I can True. guarantee, like, Edo My Elf, you guys are going to like that one, too. Okay. I but I trust you. It's, it's speaking, wonderful. Speaking of other bangers, uh, Jay and I have been playing Honkai Star Rail. Honkers. Honkers. How Honkers. is Star Rail? Honkers, stonker, honkers, stonkers, ronkers. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse to get engaged in more than one gotcha at a time. What's your current gotcha? So f- Nikkei. Yeah. Ah, the butt gotcha. Right. Yes. I see. All right. Uh, I. So as anyone knows, I don't play gotchas, actually. I just got into this because I saw a friend playing it on... Uh, Twitch mm-hmm. and I was like sure I can play it the reason why I wanted to play it was actually because it uses turn-based combat yeah okay and I was just like I haven't played a, tar- a turn-based combat game in a little bit even though I have like Final Fantasy 9 on the docket for me waiting it, uh, it scratches the same itch that Final Fantasy 10 scratches because it's turn-based but you get to actually affect turn order with some of the abilities yes you, oh. can inter- you can do interrupts with your ultimates yeah. and everything like that, which I actually really like. It's 
I will say it is not the most in-depth battle system, which is like maybe both good and bad. Like maybe I don't want that complicated. Here's the thing about I that, sort Jay. Of do. Right yeah. now, because the game is new, the battle system isn't going to be in-depth on purpose. As they True. add new it's characters and new abilities through those characters, it will evolve. Yeah. Like yeah. I played I, Fate Grand Order, a really old gotcha by this uh, point. By and the standards. first like two years yeah. of the game mm-hmm. were yeah. very basic. Okay. They were yeah. really, really basic. Uh I and then there was a specific event. Uh oh my god, what was it? The the Ibaraki Mount Rashomon event, where it was like a, a server-wide or like a region-wide raid against this character with 10 billion health. Oh, that's cool. Oh. And you had to survive 15 turns against this character. They would kill you, but you had to survive that many turns against them. And so that mm. was like the first event in the history of the game where just press red button, no longer cut it. You had to really start looking at all the different character uh, uh, skills ultimates right what what they had together and you it wasn't anymore oh gold character rare character powerful character hit them you had to start looking at the base characters the common characters that had unique skills that would be really helpful in this situation and that's where i found the most satisfaction with a turn-based uh game ever Sounds like you're more just... of an end game person. Yeah. yeah. Uh Nancy, how like how have you found it so far? Okay, so uh it was really interesting for me because I do play Genshin and then starting Star Rail up, the first immediate thing that I had a reaction to was the launcher. The launcher also requires you to click it like three times before it ever actually loads the game. That was oh, all true. That was already like a lowered impression for me. I was just like, I really wish they had gotten rid of that because that's something I didn't like about Genshin. You start the game by clicking on the icon and then you still need to click on the launcher and then you it to to open the game and then the game opens and then you need to click on it so that it loads the game and then it loads the game and and updates the game. And then you need to click on it again for it to actually drop you in the game. And it's just it's a. It was yeah, just such a, yeah, it sure. is unnecessary. And like, it just makes the game so unwelcoming. You're just like, why Nikkei do I have to click on it four times? the same problem. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just like, maybe that's just Nancy having unrealistic standards and this is just no. an industry standard and I should just live with it. Bullshit. But Fuck that noise. I honestly believe we should need to click like four times in launchers to get into the game. First off. I have the same problem with Nikkei. Uh, like, it okay. is... You click the desktop icon, uh-huh. it gives you the launcher. You okay. press launch on the launcher, it opens up the main game. The game then it has you log in if you've logged in anywhere else. So if you have a cell phone and then your PC, it's like, oh, you need to log back in. Uh, so you log back in and then it's like, oh, you need to choose your server. And I'm like, I already logged in. Why, do, why don't you just remember what server I'm on? But you press NA. And then finally, it loads everything. And instead of throwing you into the game, it says touch to start. Yes, so, I the, mean, like, the click to start is always just, ugh. Come on. Mm-hmm. 
Extra like the unnecessary. First, the first click from the desktop, obviously, we need to do that. The click from the desktop icon in the launcher, why do I need the launcher? Just launch the game. I don't care about your news. You can you show me the news in game. Yeah. But I'll Stupid forgive that one icons. because a lot of different games have launchers now. I'll forgive the launcher. Everything after I hit launch on the game, it should update. Update on its own. Honestly, I have the launcher. Why doesn't the launcher update it to begin with? But whatever. It should log me in. It should remember my login. It should update the game. It should remember what server I'm part of. It should not ask me to touch the screen or the, the, the game to bring me to the main screen of the game. Just bring me there. It's not hard. Yeah. So anyway, I was really hoping they would break that cycle. They did not. Um in Genshin, you know, you can jump, uh, and and for some reason, the Star Rail character movement just felt a lot slower and clunkier, and there's no jumping. So now my ADHD self needs something else to hit constantly when I'm standing still and not doing things. It's kind of weird that I do that. Um, the actual combat itself, though, is quite fun. It's not complicated, yeah. like Jay said. Like it's just it's fun. It's mm-hmm. turn based. You can you can do certain things to uh, interact mm-hmm. with creature weaknesses and vulnerabilities to break their shields, and then you can start doing mm-hmm. proper damage. Because if it's if yep. their shield is up, you do like much less. I think it's like ten percent, yeah. like ten percent damage uh, the, or something. I don't think this would be a, like a spoiler necessarily because it's not technically story, but. I really like the simulated universe. Have you done any of that? So I didn't get... It is in the beginning area. Yeah. I didn't get super far into it yet. Uh, I'm still Mm. on the... So when you sign up and you're a a new player starting a new character, you get a new player banner to roll on and you get to roll 10 for the cost of 8, which is a pretty good deal, I think. Uh, I haven't mm. finished my first 50 rolls on that banner yet. Uh, yeah, I haven't done any rolls at all yet. But like, I have seven characters mm-hmm. total unlocked, I think. I really enjoyed Kafka as like the first character you get. She just sets a tone to the game that I just love, and I'm I'm I think I've seen constantly that chasing for it. She yeah. has an ultimate where she takes out guns and spins with them, right? Yeah, and then she does her like boom and it's so good but i've been chasing after that same feeling ever since every time i get a new character i'm like do you have a great alt that i will love watching the animation for every time no all right next one now i need you to tell me something about whether this is just a honkai problem or is it just star rail okay the storytelling is really wonky yeah no that's that's seems normal these days like, I'm not getting, not that, like, there's always some obscurity in games like this where they're like, they, they try to not tell you the entire scope of the story and your involvement within the story at the beginning. I understand that. I've played JRPGs. They're always like that. Yeah. But in Star Rail, I felt like it's a little bit skewed to, like, the, you don't get to know. And we're not going to explain it very well in any way. Uh, You're going to need to really start playing. And for me, that kind of does suck because a game like this, I always expect like a good amount of uh, 
like storytelling, a good amount of uh, uh, like character development, mm -hmm. even slightly early on. So I was a little bit off put by that, unfortunately. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like MC is um, not not proving to be an important part of the story. I feel like your main no. character is just being thrown in a situation. She's a, she's a host. And she's just like a robot. Are you yeah, finding really? that all of her conversation choices are very awkward? They're awkward or like almost try too hard to be funny kind of. I don't know how to describe it other than it is contrived. It does feel perhaps. that way. And I'm not sure exactly what it is that's causing this. Maybe it's because even though you select... Uh, okay, so in Genshin, if you select a conversation choice, whichever one it is, uh, the conversation immediately moves on. But in Star Rail, you select it, and then you have to watch your MC silently gesture as if they were talking, but they're not, for like yep. a second or two, and then the conversation moves on. I find that very distracting. I'm going to go ahead and say as well... I don't understand why everyone else has voice acting, but, not but you don't. MC, I know. If there was MC like, voice acting, it would make sense that she has to spend yeah. a second or two gesturing. But yeah. because she doesn't, she's go, just mm -hmm. she's just silently making hand gestures, and then the characters continue on in their conversation as if she had spoken. So mm -hmm. that st that method. Of characterization is something that I really don't like that much, but it's mm. like the silent protagonist trope, right? Where they don't want to give as many features to the main character as they can because they want the main character to be a pair of pants self, for the yeah. player to wear. <laughs> a self yeah, insert. Yeah, it's a Mary Sue. Yeah. Like, I don't know when exactly this started, but in, uh, in Half-Life 2, or Half-Life in general... Gordon Freeman is explicitly designed that way as basically a complete blank slate, an emotionless, personalityless uh, thing that the player can really become and immerse Inhabit. themselves as. Yeah. Like the only reason we know what Gordon Freeman looks like is because he was on the box art, right? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and a lot of games do that. Like for the most part, Genshin does that. The the main character doesn't have so, too much of their own personality, but there is still a little bit there. And I guess the same thing is I happening in just, Honkai. Or uh, I think it's just Star the way. Rail. Yeah, I think the the thing is just just the way that the main character is written is again like her dialogue options aren't great. They're so uh, laughably funny, though. Like, you get, like, a yeah. good choice and a bad choice. Like, the one where you have a good attitude and the one where you have, like, a bad attitude. Yep. But they're both so yep. funny that I actually find myself choosing the bad choice because they're just both so awkward. I may as well choose the one where she's being a jerk. Nice. Do you, nice. Do you know that, like, you can get rewards for doing the good choice, though? Oh, man. I don't know. Is that actually a thing? Not Slightly, oh. but like I don't think it's I don't know if it's a big material type thing, but you get a material for choosing good things. Ugh, dang it! I know you have to be goody two shoes if you want to get the good stuff. Then why give nah, you the just choice? Grind levels more. Like I don't know if you there's like this little thing where around the space station there's a bunch of robots that you can turn off. Oh, 
Yeah. So I turned off a bunch of robots, and then they they messaged me going, "Did you turn off the security <laughs> robots?" And I was like, "No." And that's the first time that it notified me, like, "Oh, you should have chosen the good option." That's okay. actually oh. kind of interesting, though, because most gotcha their story choices have no bearing whatsoever on how things yeah, play Yeah, like, out. Genshin True. doesn't have any bearing. And, like, half the time, you get multiple lines to choose from, but they're all the same sentence to the, that just got broken up. Yeah. Like, sometimes just, you just uh, get a funny like the, little clip not, from another character. It's that general, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Maybe. That's how I feel about it. Maybe. That's pretty like, cool, I, though. That's, so it looks like there's a lot going for Honkai Star Rail, even if it falls into the same tropes that a lot of people are tired of or maybe have some issue with. I just don't, I, I kind of wonder if people are really latching on to Star Rail because it's something that's a little bit different and fresher than Genshin. Because I, I think a lot of people are getting a little tired of Genshin because they don't feel like it's progressing in, in like the grand story arc. It's it's sort mm. of doing a lot of little things all in the new areas every time something new opens up, but then it ultimately doesn't result in anything. So uh. I think people are burning out of Genshin and they're just they're latching onto Star Rail because it's at least different. It's different gameplay. It's something that's a little different. It doesn't the solve the storytelling to entry aspect. Is low now. Like when it comes to Genshin, True. I haven't played Genshin in more than a year now, and I feel like I'm so far behind. I would never be able to get back into it. Oh, yeah. Imagine that for someone literally starting out right now. I have a friend who just started playing Genshin over, like, the Christmas holidays, and he was hell-bent on trying to figure out the optimal way to get caught up and then be able to just go back and take his time with everything else. And it just felt like it was not the right way to approach it to me. But, like, even if I put myself in his shoes... I can I can see that. I can see it being really difficult trying to catch up with where everything is now after two and a half years of this game being around. Well, like, absolutely. on top of that, there's certain events that if you aren't caught up in the story, you just can't participate in, right? Oh, yeah. Like, any current going on, like, uh, story events that are limited yeah, time, they end, uh, you have to be at least level 20, 25 or whatever to be able to participate in that. So you kind of want to jet past all of the beginning stuff and not take your time and not enjoy it for the experience it is so that you can start participating mm. in the limited time events. So, yes, when a Angelo says the barrier to entry is low for Star Rail, uh-huh, totally. You have yeah. a lot less catching up to do. There's nothing to catch up with. It's brandly launched or brandly new launched. Brand it really newly launched. I just want uh I hope there's going to be some sort of multiplayer component later. And I'm also curious, Nancy, what are you playing it on? Because it's one of those across many platform games. I'm playing it on PC. Are you using a controller or a keyboard? I am using a controller and keyboard. Sorry, I'm using uh, no mouse controller. Mouse and keyboard? Yeah, mouse and keyboard. Sorry, brain crossed uh, okay. wires for a second there. Uh, All good. I chose not to use the controller because I just didn't have one at the time when I started the game. Even though I thought to myself, oh, hey, it's going to be a turn-based. I probably don't need the precision of, like, FPS-style gaming. Yeah. But now that I've learned how to play it that way, it's probably going to be a little weird for me to adjust back to a controller. But it shouldn't be difficult to. 
I've only been playing it on a controller just because of the perspective. Hmm. Like I like if it's a third-party RPG type game, by default to me, it's a controller game. Also, this is not a game where you need to like press for skill buttons and stuff like that. It's like you know, it's turn-based combat. It just makes sense to me to play it on a uh, controller, even though there are like more menu options than your typical game where you could conceivably play on a like on a keyboard just so or mouse specifically, I think, just to select things faster. Yeah, I've been learning all of the keyboard shortcuts for the abilities and targeting and stuff, and it helps. It's probably more efficient, to be completely honest, but I'm just happy playing it on a controller. Yeah. And that's all that matters to me. Yeah. (laughs) And to be fair... Happiness is what matters. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I have a question to you, dear viewer. Do you listen to the podcast on a mouse and keyboard, or do you listen to it on a controller? You could listen to it on a controller, technically. Technically? PlayStation 4 has an audio out. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) All right. So that concludes the third last episode before Odafest. Thank you for listening. Catch you next time.